Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Appropriate Omnivore on Green Earth Radio. So I was off last week, um, had a little emergency because I was supposed to do the first show of Meat Lovers May, but it turned out that last week I had to do some work on The Appropriate Omnivore Kitchen. That's uh, my new house, so I'm kind of, you know... Making a kitchen which will be all, you know, appropriate for cooking, uh, you know, environmental in many ways, you know, using uh, least energy and, you know, just uh, perfect for making all of my real food, the fermented foods and cooking the grass-fed beef. So anyway, we've got a great show for you today as Meat Lovers May kicks off. Our guest is Louis Kismorio of Figaro Produce, plus our desserts will tell you how to live appropriately in the upcoming week. But first... Let's go to our appetizers and find out what happened this week in the world of real food. A rally will be held next week in Minneapolis to protest the trial of farm buying club manager Alvin Schlangen. Schlangen believes his trial – Schlangen begins his trial on Monday for the allegations of handling food without a permit, mislabeling food, handling unprocessed fresh raw milk, which the Minnesota Department of Agriculture considers a crime – the protesters will be sitting outside and signing a declaration of food independence and rallying against what they consider unjust food regulations. The appropriate omnivore supports what the people are rallying for and believes that people should have the freedom to buy food from wherever they want and should be able to have the option to purchase raw milk. Next, a study at Duke University suggests the obesity rate could rise to 42% by the year 2030. Currently, about a third of the country is obese. The study also says if we can prevent the rise, we'd save about $550 billion in health care costs over the next 20 years. Clearly, the diets people are recommended to be on isn't working. We need to reexamine what's making people overweight. Also, as genetically modified plants and their pesticides and herbicides are killing the bee population all over the world, Monsanto has decided to buy Biologics, one of the largest international firms studying and protecting the bees. This means Monsanto will be able to control the information coming in from Biologics things on colony collapse disorder. I'm strongly disappointed to hear Biologics selling out to Monsanto like this. Next, Beef Products Inc., the pink slime manufacturer, will be closing three of its four plants on May 25th. They intend to continue the operations of their one remaining plant in South Sioux City, Nebraska. The breaking news about pink slime a couple of months ago has certainly had an effect on supermarkets and restaurants as they've been stopping using pink slime in their beef. I think it's only a matter of time before the last plant closes down. And finally, Carol Morrison, a Maryland chicken farmer formerly under contract with Purdue Farms, those featured in the documentary Food, Inc., has now left the factory farming system and started a humane free-range system. Her contract with Purdue was terminated when she and her husband refused to make a change that would have blocked the chickens from fresh air and sunlight. This is more great news about the shift to more sustainable farming. And now for our main course. This is the first main course of Meat Lovers May. Meat Lovers May is about talking up the environmental and health benefits of meat. Meat is demonized a lot these days. People link it to global warming and various diseases. But these problems aren't caused by meat itself. They're caused by the factory farm meat. Pastured animals are good for both you and our planet. Is Meat Lovers May a direct response to Meatless in May? Absolutely. I'm guilty as charged. 
while I can respect going vegetarian or vegan for ethical reasons, Meatless in May seems to be more focused on the environment. Their slogan is support the environment, not factory farms. This makes it sound like factory farms are the only producers of meat, and it gives people the wrong impression. And what happens when May ends? If people don't know about free-ranged meat, are they going to revert back to eating factory farm food in June? The public needs to know that there's an alternative to eating the beef, pork, chicken, and turkey that Big Ag produces. For each show this month, I'm going to delve into reasons that people might not be eating sustainable meat or might not be eating meat at all. Today's main course is finding pastured meat and poultry that's affordable. Economics are certainly a reason a lot of people turn to conventionally produced meat, but I find it to be an excuse for someone to say grass-fed beef is too expensive. My response is, you haven't looked around enough. While there are certainly some shops charging an arm and a leg, no pun intended, for pastured meat, there are also markets out there offering affordable prices to buy some of the most sustainable meat and poultry. That brings me to today's guest, Louis Cosmario, president and CEO of the Figaro Produce Market in Highland Park. Louis, it's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be on. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you know you're able to make uh, time for us because obviously, uh, sure, anytime I can share a message, I'd love to. Right, and it sounds like certainly you have, you know, share some of the same beliefs and have some of the same messages that I put in my show with with your place in, uh, in Highland Park. I mean, certainly, I think one of the best natural natural food stores, you know, it's always great to see independently owned natural food stores out there. And, you know, certainly the selection of like the deli selection in there is, uh, is, is great. So now what got you first interested in the sustainable food movement and in the sustainable meats? Well, at Figaro Produce, we opened up with a business model of providing healthy foods at an affordable cost. And really with the sustainable meats, it was really customer demand. Our store was basically built by customer requests. We have a form right on our register where people want, we get in. The first was the grass-fed beef, then the organic chicken and free-range chicken and pastured chicken. And then we have all-natural pork, all-natural bison, elk. Uh, all of the specialty meats are all-natural. We do carry conventional as well for certain clients who would like that. Uh, we do use reputable companies. But the grass-fed beef and the pastured chicken, and, and we even have pastured eggs. And, again, these are all for customer request. I think that's wonderful. To answer your question. And, and that certainly uh, brings up a good point because, you know, I kind of think a lot of this meat lovers may is I'm trying to discuss excuses people have for to not eat sustainable meat and – or, you know, just excuses of why the idea wouldn't work. One thing I get a lot of is, oh, people would – people will never go for the pastured meats. You know, it's uh, much easier. And that you explain that it's all about demand. People in there that the first thing actually they demanded was for grass-fed meat. I think that certainly – uh, Yeah, that certainly, you know, kind of disproves some of that logic that people won't go for it, um, which I – And I also think – I also think a lot of it has to do with the education uh, of uh, letting people know the difference because the grass is the natural diet of the cow, and it will have double the nutrition and half the fat. It cooks differently. You've got to cook it than you would a normal steak, but if you cook it correctly and you let that rest, that you're going to be so satisfied from that piece of meat that I don't think you could ever go back. I don't eat any meat unless it comes from my 
meat counter. Even at a restaurant, I'll order fish or I'll order something else because I'm so used to the grass-fed beef. Even at the finest restaurants, it's far and few between that you'll find someone with grass-fed beef. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the restaurants that serve grass-fed beef, it's actually uh, it is a pretty small number of the ones that do that. Um, that yeah, and it is certainly I think a lot of people don't know. I mean, a lot of people um, they may hear the term grass-fed beef because I mean, as humans, we don't eat grass. I think some people may think, uh, oh well, corn. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's a nutritious thing. What's wrong with cows eating it? So I think education certainly is a big purpose, which is. I mean, that's really the idea of Meat Lovers May is it's really it's about education. It's not I don't want anyone to think this is about, you know, trying to get people that, you know, are uh, are eating meat for ethical reasons to start eating meat again. But it's about the education of people that like meat, but maybe they don't eat as much as they can because they're afraid to. It's right. Part of it. And that also goes along with even with poultry. Uh, you have um, organic poultry, you have free range, and then you have pastured. Now, a lot of people come into my store. And they say, the pastured chicken, how come, you know, what's the difference? And that, again, came from customer demand. The organic chicken has an organic diet, so he is confined to a certain space. The free-range chicken has access to open fields, but the chicken tend to stay together. So although he has, they have access, they may not get the exercise and the natural diet that, that you think they would get. But the pastured chicken is actually forced. Someone actually comes and moves the flock onto new pastures, and they eat their natural diet. So you'll have a smaller leg, I'm sorry, a larger leg because he's running around more, and smaller breasts because he's exercising more, and there is more flavor. Uh, with that comes a little bit added cost, so it's a little bit more pricey than the organic chicken. But if you were to taste it, it, it tastes very different and very, very good. Right. Yeah. And actually, those are all these are all points that I make because I think people one of the parts in education is they need to know the different terms that organic actually doesn't uh, apply at all to them being outside. It just means that they can't eat non-organic foods. So, I mean, organic is right. better because, I mean, that means that they can't be fed any of the GMOs. And then and then free range. I mean, that was probably free range. I've been hearing for, um, you know, I remember that hearing free range, oh, wow, at least like 20 years ago I've heard that term, but it's such a broad term because it could just mean they have access. And then like the grass-fed, that's um, one, but of course grass-fed could just mean they're fed the grass doesn't mean they were outside. So, you know, there's a lot of different terms, and, you know, I, I use grass-fed because it is, um, is a term people are familiar with, but I'd say probably the best, you know, term, what you really want to look for is pastured and that and I do see that becoming more of a, of a commonly right. used term um, such as I, and I think I think oh, underlying all that you need to purchase your 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 meats from a reputable purveyor someone who you trust and someone who you can actually talk to and and educate yourself and, and ask their opinion and ask the, the pertinent questions that would make the decision valid Absolutely. It's a lot of about knowing the supplier, knowing the farmer. I mean, I encourage people, if possible, if they could, uh, you know, not just from the store, but also go and visit the farms and then... Oh, absolutely. You visited them, then you go to the store. Because um, there's, yeah, not, I mean, it's a thing of not all organics, not all pasture meats are created equally. There's a lot of different levels. And some of the grass-fed beef actually is flown over frozen from Australia. 
And so you, you might shop in a market that has grass-fed beef, but that was just defrosted from Australia. So we source ours from open space meats, northern California. It comes over fresh, never frozen. And we are in constant contact with the farmer. He's a wonderful man. Him and his family, are, they have a serious passion for their beef, and they're, they're the sole source of our grass-fed beef. I love open space meats because certainly very familiar with them, Northern California Company, and they are one of the best. Now, I'm kind of a little interested in how do you go about researching which meats you want to carry? Well, we basically get the information from our customers. We get on the computer, and we sample everything and interview people. We even, we've even been up to certain farms where we source our, our chickens and our pork and our beef from. So we do the research ourselves, my partners and I. That's great, right? Yeah, certainly there is a lot of places on the uh, Internet you can research. One I know of is a site called Eat Wild. I, I like that because um, not all of the pastured meats are listed on there. They list the best, and I know that Open Space is one that has a listing on that. And also I think that's great that you, know, you choose ones from the California region. Like you said, some, some places have flown over from Australia. I mean I've seen some restaurants that do that, and – even right. kind of openly admits that it got it from some country in, in Europe. And so I think that not only from the U.S., but also from, from one in California is the important thing, that it keeps to stay at local and regional. Right. It's absolutely to support the local economy and support California, as well as the level of freshness and the distance it's traveling. Right. I mean, that makes sense, too. Yeah, especially also, yeah, and the energy that it travels, having to freeze something. And, I mean, when it's frozen, it loses quality. It's not as fresh because then you have to, have to, you know. Absolutely. absolutely. Even the nutrients. Right. So um, so Open Space Meats, that's the one that you use for the beef. What are some of the other farms that you use, like, for the poultry? Uh, we use uh, Mary's Chicken and Rocky's Chicken. Uh, Mary's is very, very reputable. They do carry that at Whole Foods as well. Um, but uh, we did our research on them, and their pasture chickens are excellent. And we also uh, ask for customer feedback on everything that they taste. If, uh, if it tasted fresh, if it looked great, if it, if it cooked up right, you know, and the farms that we use are, are just are just excellent. That's great. Um, yeah, and also I know another thing that I admire that um, you sell there is you have uh... – Good selection of raw milk products. Oh yes, we uh, we have uh, we use two farms, Clareville Farms, and Organic Pastures, and uh, we stand fully behind the organic raw milk because it is very nutritious. It is not pasteurized, so you don't have a lot of the probiotics and nutrients and dead proteins floating in the milk, which get people sick. That's a, we have mothers and people that come in. And it, it, we're one of the only places that does sell that. And people get a little nervous when you talk about raw milk because of a, 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 a subconscious or a conscious uh, feeling that they have that it's scary. They make it sick eating the raw milk. But, again, these are local farms, and they are the Rolls-Royce. I like to call them the Rolls-Royce of cows is what these come from. These are grass-fed, pastured cows. And uh, the raw milk industry is scrutinized way more than pasture, uh, or pasteurized and homogenized milk. Um, their operations are sparkling clean, and I've never heard of anyone getting sick from any of them. But again, I'm lactose intolerant, and, and that the, re the reason I'm lactose intolerant is because of all the 
dead proteins and, and things that are floating in the pastured milk, or I could drink a half a gallon of raw milk in one day and be fine. It has all the good nutrition, all the good proteins, and it's very, very good for you and tastes great. I liken it to the difference between uh, freshly squeezed orange juice to pastured orange juice. You can definitely taste a difference there. That's how I liken the pastured milk. I'm sorry, pasteurized milk to the raw milk. It tastes fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Raw milk has been something that's been demonized for, I think, the last like 100 years. And the reason it was demonized was pretty much because the dairies were unsanitary. And so they found that instead of, you know, having dairies get more clean and having having the cows be fed things that they should, they found that by pasteurizing it, they wouldn't, you know, directly get hit by these unsanitary conditions of the dairies. But, I mean, they still did. And Right, because and the economics of it—it it costs money to keep them clean. It costs money to keep the facility spotless. You know, I mean, if they if they could just heat the milk and keep the conditions the same way, it works out better for big milk. Right, and so I mean, it is a thing that certainly with raw milk that you do have to uh, you do have to know that um, they the raw milk comes from a dairy. Oh, well, absolutely, there was a fed clean. There was a situation uh, where a certain uh, store in Santa Monica, uh, they were arrested for selling raw milk. They actually came in and arrested them. And people come into my store and say, how could you sell it? And they got arrested. But the problem with them is they had plain glass bottles with raw milk in it with no sourcing, no labeling, and no expiration date. And I would just like to say to anyone out there, never buy any milk that's not sourced or has an expiration date on there. What they're doing was illegal, and that is why they got in trouble with the law, because there's no expiration date, and who someone could get sick, potentially, if they, you know, it's an unmarked glass bottle. Who knows where it came from? So, uh, going along with what you said, absolutely, you have to know the place that you're getting it from. And Mark McAfee, the owner of Open Space, has actually come to my store to give lectures and talks to customers, anyone who wants to know. He has a very huge passion for it, and his operation is scrutinized by the U.S. government, and they've never come up with any evidence that he's doing anything wrong. So I highly recommend Open Space. And then we use Clareville Farms. It's a slightly sweeter milk. Uh, It comes from Jersey cows, locally produced in California as well, Um, and they're equally as clean operation. We also have the uh, raw butter, uh, raw cheese, raw yogurt, all available at Figueroa Produce. Right, you carry the ones, the raw cheese, some raw cheese I know you carry is from, um, from, it was Sierra Nevada cheeses, which I know they're not, they're not 100% raw, but they do have a great line of raw cheeses, because I love how they have a lot of different flavors in their raw cheese. Right. Well, I've got the raw cheese from Open Space as well. Oh, Okay. So they, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Organic pastures, organic pastures. Right, yes, I'm organic sorry. pastures, yeah. they also make they also the raw, make cheese. raw cheese. Yeah, I mean, organic pastures, Mark McAfee, he's excellent. And for people yeah. wanting to, uh, to learn more about him, I strongly recommend the documentary Farmageddon, which shows all about his practice. I mean, because they have a great line, because they do also sell, I know they sell, they sell grass-fed beef also. And Yes, we carry, we carry their ground beef. We carry their grass-fed ground beef. Right, I think that's the only beef product they have so far, but... Yeah, they have a great grass-fed ground beef. It is, I think, is the one you carry frozen? It is. It is. It is frozen. 
Right, because it is frozen, but still, I mean, it's it's great, and I, I like that they're getting into that, and also, also they just got into the eggs, and and they have great eggs, I have to say too. Yes, yes, I, I've heard, I've heard people that go and buy them from the farmers market. I'm trying to get them to to source them to me for my store. We have pastured eggs as well, but I'd like to support his his company. Right, I think that'd be great because I think, as, from what I know, I think their eggs are, are somewhat limited now, but it, hopefully, as they as they produce more, it'd be great if we could see them in the store because. Their eggs are ones which, um, I mean, the diet that they feed the chickens, because a lot of even these, like, pastured ones, they, they feed the chickens soy, which is, I mean, a lot of dangers with soy. And or, organic pastures, they found that um, instead of feeding them soy from them, they get, like, the uh, calcium, some protein. The chickens are actually fed raw milk, which yes, makes them taste great. And, yeah, and they, just, they have some of, the, some of the orangest yolks. What are some of the eggs that you carry currently at the Figaro Produce? Um, we've got uh, humane harvest eggs, which are, are, are very reputable eggs, uh, organic eggs as well. And we do have pasture eggs from Vital Farms. Uh, so we found those three would be the top-of-the-line eggs that we have. Um, again, they were recommended by customers. We did our research. We got them in the store. Figaro Produce is a customer-built store. So we, we really listen to what our customers want. Yes, absolutely. Vital Farms, that is a great brand. Because actually I've had Jason Jones, the president of that company, on my show, and I mean, he's explained the whole whole system of how how their, their chickens are raised. It's wonderful, and I mean, they have you can go out and visit their farm in Austin, which I plan to do at some point. It's I totally admire their their practice. I mean, the chickens totally very humanely treated. That's that's a wonderful. They company. even said, hey, when you purchase their their eggs, they even send a picture in the in the in the carton that shows their operation and shows their their chickens are being moved on the pastures is quite interesting. I'd like I'd love to get Mark uh, Mark's eggs in because those are, are those um, vital farms are imported from uh, from Texas. And I'd like to you know support local, but um, until that happens, the vital farms are are an excellent egg. Right, and I do also know vital farms is working on getting a farm up in Northern California at some time. Oh, I, they haven't uh, haven't announced it yet, but that is the plans. That sometime this year they're looking at different ones because. Yeah, it's very much finding the one that's right for them that fits their practices. Because as we've discussed, you know, all Absolutely. these farms have different types. So, so it is something. I'm sure they, I'm sure they want a. I'm sure they want a nice ocean view, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Right, and so now another thing that I admire about your store is that you know, certainly you have you know affordable prices. You know, as far as the the organics and the the free range, the pastures go, and so. What are some of the ways that you're able to, to make it affordable compared to some of the other natural food stores? Well, at Figaro Produce, we have very little staff. The store is run by my partners and myself. So we do whatever it takes to keep our prices down. Um, we purchase everything ourselves. We stock it ourselves. We go through the boxes ourselves and inventory. So there's not a really big supply chain of people that need to be added on to the sale price. Um, along with our, with our produce, you know, my partners and I, we go down there and we buy it ourselves. We bring it up ourselves and we put it up ourselves and price it ourselves. So all, all those things that we do ourselves internally enable us to keep the prices down. Right. I know one of the places uh, going getting into the produce that you get it from is it's the uh, the South Central Farmers Cooperative, which absolutely I, I very much admire that practice. Um, you know, and the whole urban gardening is is such a wonderful thing. We're actually a pickup spot. Uh, you can actually order a CSA box from 
South Central farmers and pick them up at Figueroa Produce, which just gives them more avenues to get their product out. Now, if you don't order the, the CSA boxes, community-supported uh, agriculture, everything in that box is on our shelves. We are one of their biggest clients. We buy a large majority of organic produce from uh, organic uh, from South Central farmers. Uh, we support them. Uh, they've come to our store several times, and we back them up. And they do produce some of the highest quality organic produce out there. So as far as produce, is, is it mostly stuff from Southern California? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our produce is 90, 95% from California. Occasionally, I may have a tomato that comes from Mexico um, or, or one or two items that may come from Mexico. But again, like, like for example, our, our peaches, our nectarines, our apricots, you didn't see them all winter because we don't source from South America, from um, Costa Rica, Venezuela. We won't get any of the fruit from down there because we believe on buying seasonally. Every piece, every peach, which are on the shelf right now, is from California. They are sweet, ripe, and beautiful. So, um, you know, that's why you may come to our store and not see that the variety in the winter times that you might see at other grocery stores. But if you look at that label, it's going to have Costa Rica on it. And you bite into it, it's not going to have that flavor. So most of our ninety five percent of our produce is California grown. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the sustainable food movement is that you know we have to learn to eat more of you know what's in season. There's a certain seasonally eating seasonally absolutely right absolutely. And, and I think that feeds into you know going back into the sustainable meat thing that there's some meat that sometimes it's in season more of when we can get it as well as some of the you know certain animals that we can eat based on in season or what's you know what's more local. That's why I'm. I encourage people to also, you know, get into eating some more of this gamey meat, like bison and deer. And elk. I had an elk ribeye the other day, which was just the greatest thing I've ever had. But another point I wanted to make out is that a lot of people uh, say that the grass-fed beef and these specialty meats that are all natural are more expensive. Um, But your consumption of meat should really not, in my opinion be a three times a day, seven days a week thing. If I'm, I mean, I eat red meat, you know, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. But when I do, it's going to be a grass-fed steak. And, you know, if you're going to allocate budget dollars towards something in your life, it should be allocated to putting the best ingredients into your body. Eating fast food, eating, you know, corn-fed subpar beef is only going to be a negative detriment to your health. And if you're going to have a steak, come and pick up a grass-fed ribeye. Let me tell you how to cook it. Go home, eat that, and you'll have a huge smile on your face. The rest of the week, pick up some fish, pick up some chicken, have some produce, you know, make yourself some stew, you know, with some vegetables, and and I think that would be a good way to allocate your dollars, as opposed to trying to eat meat, you know, eat so much meat five, seven days a week. Right, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I guess another thing, sort of similar to eating it like once a week, is I also say eat it in smaller portions. Um, and another thing I find oh, with with the grass fed beef is that um, is that it doesn't have base that's fed on just grass. I, 
I feel that a lot of ways the corn that, you know, these factory farm cows are fed as well as the hormones and the antibiotics, it makes you hungry for more. And when you eat grass-fed beef, you don't find yourself as hungry for, you know, eating these like two-pound steaks because it has a more filling. Absolutely. Satisfying. Absolutely more satisfying thing. So that's that's another advantage of grass-fed beef, and I know I know some people also. I hear some people say that it has more of a gamey taste to it, which well, I mean, I don't. I guess I don't see gamey as a bad thing. I mean, I like the taste of gamey meat. Um, although I well, also, you know, also I would like to just put out there that you know, if someone would like to try the grass-fed beef, come in and buy some ground beef. Come in and buy some ground grass-fed beef. Go home, make yourself a burger, and try it. That would be a, an expensive way to try it, and that would just be, you, you'll be able to t- taste the difference right off the bat. And I'll go ahead and say that, you know, anyone who mentions this radio, this, this show, can get a 10% discount to help with the cost of that beef. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Wow, that, <laughs> that's great. I mean, because certainly, I think, you know, certainly the uh, aggressive beef and mission very similar to, uh, to what? what we talk about in the show. So sure. That's, um, that's a great deal. Now. So, um, you said you've sell some conventional meats, but you try to at least, uh, have the conventional meats that you sell a little better than. Yes. Than they're all natural. They're there. from a, they're from a company that we found in LA. It is corn fed and conventional, uh, but it's, uh, no hormones, no antibiotics, all natural, but it is corn fed. Um, you 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 know it is it is all natural there again there is no no hormones or anything in there but it's corn fed um and we do offer that because there are a lot of local people who really uh do not have the budget for the grass fed beef um but they do buy their beef from us cuz they know it's all natural they know it's fresh we don't backstock any any beef we don't buy pallets so leave it in the package so you're getting a steak that's been sitting everything is fresh per, uh, brought in uh, once or twice a week and we do offer that and we also offer, uh, in our deli case, we have all natural deli meats, nitrate-free deli meats. These are deli meats that have no preservatives, no nitrates. You're talking about a sliced turkey breast that when you bite into this turkey breast, and I encourage you to come in and have a sample. When you bite into that turkey breast, you're going to think you're eating a Thanksgiving Day turkey. Now, if you think about deli meat, you think about turkey deli meat. It has a certain flavor that everybody knows what I'm talking about. Now, this deli meat, you bite into it, it tastes like turkey. It tastes like the turkey breast from Thanksgiving. It's wonderful. We also have the all-natural ham, nitrate-free deli meats, the cheeses that are all-natural, and we also offer a nitrate-free hand-sliced bacon, which we could hardly keep on the shelves because it flies out of our store. You take this bacon and cook it up. It is nitrate-free, hand-cut, all-natural, Applegate-smoked, beautiful bacon. So I encourage anybody to come in and, and try that. So is this an un- a totally uncured bacon? Yes, it's awesome. Oh, good. Well, yes. we have the cured, we have the cured and the uncured. Right. Uh, but it's nitrate free, so it's it, it's all natural. You know, it, it cooks up very nice, very good. Right. Is this something you find in the deli section? The nitrate free. I know uh, the deli section would just have the deli meats and cheeses. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of them nitrate free and all natural, as well as we have the Foster Farms. It's a little bit less expensive. Uh, but if you go to the opposite end of the meat counter towards the fish department, um, they're, they're, that's where the uh, all-natural bacon is. Right, and that's the Applegate's bacon? 
Yes. Yeah, Applegate's. Applegate and nitrate-free bacon. Mm-hmm. Right. Applegate's a great company because I believe all their products are nitrate-free, and I know. Right. You know, I just saw a thing today, actually, that they were celebrating their 25th anniversary. So it's been. Wow. It's been yeah. I mean, they were one of the, one of the earlier ones. I'm not sure how they've what they were to start out, but I know that they're one of the largest suppliers and. And they have that. And, you know, going into, you know, the ones that are conventional, um, I understand certainly economics. And I think, you know, there's kind of an issue of there's there's good, better, and best. And I like to think that at least, you know, some of these ones which are good, they can get hopefully get people to learn more about, you know, being responsible of what supplier they're choosing. And it can get them into things, you know, because there's like, um, I know Sally Fallon talks about the idea of there's, you know, there are compromised foods that we have and then there are the ones that are the traditional foods. So, right. So I think, you know, there is, um, there is different levels and, you know, certainly I can have to say that, you know, I'm not, uh, not 100% perfect all the time with, with what I eat. When I go to restaurants, I'll bend it a little, but I do like to choose, you know, do like to have the better, the, the lesser, the lesser of two evils, so to mm-hmm. say. Right. Yeah. But, because for example, like the foster farms that we use, um, in our deli case, I mean, Foster Farms is a reputable company. There are other turkey companies out there that I wouldn't sell in my deli case, which would have a much lower quality, much more artificial, and a lot higher uh, nitrate content. Right, and Foster Farms, that's a pretty major company, so that's good for people kind of to know, especially if you're in something like, because, I mean, L.A. is such a great city to buy, you know, to find a lot of these local, these pastured foods, but some cities it's harder to find it, so it's good to point out ones right. that are at least, you know, there may not be the best foods, but they're they're good selections, so you know that about Foster And, and not as bad as some. Right, and now, now another thing is um, the Figaro Proust, this is located in Highland Park, and have you found that, I mean, Highland Park, it's certainly recently an article in the LA Times about how it's becoming a trendy city. Have you found kind of the... Uh, the kind of new new residents of Highland Park and kind of the change in Highland Park has that been very beneficial to the store? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Highland Park is a wonderful city. Um, I'd have to say I know at least like sixty, seventy percent of my customers by name. A lot of them are new, and uh, one thing that's that I like a lot that, that really benefits our store is that the listing agents, whenever they sell a house, one of their listing one of their listing uh, uh, guidelines is the proximity to Figaro Produce. Walking distance to Figaro Produce. And these people come in and tell us that the realtor sent, sent them in. You know, I shake their hand, I give them a tour, I show them around. And these are the people that are shopping at our store. These are the people that are shopping and coming and wanting to eat better, eat healthier. And that seems to be a huge trend in the Highland Park area. A lot of new people coming in. And, and that LA Times article actually said that the... Uh, the um, real estate prices are actually increasing in Highland Park. That was the front page of the LA Times a few weeks ago, which I kind of find is very interesting. And Highland Park is very diverse. You still have a lot of local people uh, that are on a budget, and so we provide for them as well. Right. Actually, I've just moved to Highland Park. I recently purchased a home there, and I did see that in some of the listings, the Figaro Produce. And so so certainly um, I'm one of the people that's very much into the sustainable food movement that – that was uh, it's bought in Highland Park, and that was as I said at the beginning of the show. I was off last week because uh, house. You know, I'm trying to make the uh, you know work on my kitchen where I'll be able to cook a lot of the grass-fed beefs from the Figaro produce, cook the other meats, and 
cook the food I get there. And that's for me when when deciding to uh, buy in Highland Park, certainly the Figueroa produce here in the that it opened was was one of the biggest draws to moving into the neighborhood. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. <laughs> that's great to hear. So that was, um, yeah, that was. I'd a like great to also thing. I'd like to also mention that um, we are in the process of opening up another store in Eagle Rock called Organics, and that store is going to be 100% organic. Um, and a third store in Pasadena uh, right now uh, is called the Flower Man, and we are going to be putting uh, Organics into this business as well. So we are on a mission. And we're growing, and our mission is to provide healthy, organic, sustainable foods to everybody at a fair price. Wonderful. So now the flower store in Pasadena, what, what do they sell there? Right now it's called, it's called the Flower Man. It's on the oh. corner of Foothill and Sierra Madre Boulevard, and it's a full-service florist. And it's a very large location. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to condense uh, some of the florist, and I'm going to take half of the location and put an organic grocery in here as well. And this is uh, a little bit east Pasadena, Foothill and Sierra Madre. So within the next uh, within the next year, you can look forward to Figueroa Produce in Highland Park, Organics in Eagle Rock, and the Flower Man slash Organics in Pasadena. And our next project, right after that, is going to be called the Contras Butcher, where we are going to open up a butcher shop, which sells all natural, grass-fed, pastured beef. Full-service butcher, similar to something you would see on the East Coast or in San Francisco or on the West Side. And it's going to be a store you walk in, full-service meat counter, but everything is all natural, grass-fed, and pastured. Where so those see? are the projects that my, my partners and I have in the next two years. Where will we see the butcher shop? Uh, we're not exactly sure. We're thinking, you know, in the Highland Park, Eagle Rock area, yes. somewhere over there, and then expanding from there because Highland Park is our base. That's where the mothership is. That's where Figueroa Produce is. So we're going to expand from there and work outward. Nice. Well, I love that. I mean, um, that makes me even more happy now living in this area that, I mean, I think this – the commitment sustainability in like Highland Park, Eagle Rock, Pasadena. I mean, this is now becoming yeah. almost, uh, you know, seems like it could at some point rival like Santa Monica, which, I mean, that's a part that's Absolutely. a very big commitment sustainability. And, and it seems like already it's even ahead of, I mean, before I was living in, in Los Feliz, and it seems to actually be uh, getting ahead already, even though this neighborhood is not as meant, hasn't been uh, kind of the train neighborhood as long as like, Los Feliz, Silver Lake, Echo Park. It seems like actually it's uh, it's shot ahead of that in terms of it. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I mean, when you said new a butcher shop, there, I mean that's uh, wow, that's like a, a dream to see that. And now, when does Organics open? Because certainly, I've known a little bit. I was talking to uh, someone I was at Figueroa last week. Uh, Tell me about it, and I've well, right, I've right now and seen. The yeah, the sign's up. Right now, we are in the process of cosmetics. We are painting the walls and uh, sanding the floors, and we've got the shelves all lined up, and we're just going to fill it and stock it and open it. So we're looking at about uh, beginning of June, mid-June latest. Right. Now, from what I remember hearing, the premise of organics is it's going to be all raw and gluten-free, correct? Yeah, it's, that's going to be a very specialty. It's going to be organic produce, and we're going to have everything that's hard for someone with a, spe- a specific diet to find, you could find there. We're going to have vegan products, raw products, 
gluten-free products. All everything that 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 you might have difficulty finding someone with a gluten-free uh, allergy or gluten-free situation, you can find it at Organics. Everything from donuts to bagels to cookies to bread, everything. Um, and we're also going to have uh, organic bulk and organic spices. Um, everything you need that 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 is organic and raw and vegan and all natural will be at that store. And you or you you know when you're walking in wondering if something's organic or not, you won't have to because everything will be. I see. So you won't have to be like uh, those people on Portlandia uh, asking, is it organic? <laughs> is it organic or not? Yeah, no, everything will be. Right. And so this would also this would be a good store for someone that's like on the GAPS diet. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that you know, we stopped the store with what we found to be successful at Figueroa Produce. And, you know, if there's something that someone needs, uh, something very special, they just got to come in and ask, and we'll get it in within a few days. Custom built stores. Nice. So this will have a little more of a like more of a produce section than at Figaro Produce kind of have a little more diverse. Yes, Figaro Produce has fifty fifty percent organic and fifty percent conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, so this place will have one hundred percent organic. That sounds great. I mean, I love that. So it sounds like it probably won't have to. Uh, pretty soon, won't have to leave the area at all to find anything. That's right. That all place. local. I love it. Wow, this is. Um, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really loving uh, Highland Park and uh, surrounding areas. There really is a great choice. And then, when can we expect to see the um, the flower shop, Flower Man? That's right after the Flower Man. I've taken possession already. I'm actually there right now. Anybody can come and order Mother's Day flowers. I can offer a 10 percent discount as well for anyone who uh, mentions this radio ad. Um, but as far as putting the grocery store in here, that's going to come about four to five months after the opening of Organics. Um, it's good. you know, it takes a little planning, and uh, we're still working with the city on to uh, changing the the layout in here. So you can see that uh, in the fall, we'll see organics inside the Flower Man. That's at 2450 East Foothill Boulevard in Pasadena. Well, sure. So that's uh, right. A lot to uh, a lot to expect in the upcoming year. It sounds like. Oh yes, I'm up for a lot of hard work, but um, I have a passion for it. I'm ready for it, and um, the fruits of our labor will eventually pay off, and, and I think we'll we'll have a nice footprint in the community. Oh, absolutely. And now, now, now another thing that you do, which um, certainly is, uh, I'm sure goes very well with you know the new kind of the changing of the Highland Park community, is you have the Dindinagogos once a month. Oh, yes. That was last night. No, it's not once a month. It's every week. Oh, every week. Okay. We do that. It's actually called Eat, E-A-T, at Figueroa Produce now. And uh, we had 10 gourmet food trucks there. We have them there every single week. Uh, last night we had Lomo Arigato, the lobster truck, Asian Cravings, Yogasaki Burrito, Gorilla Mall, India Jones, Palazzo Truck, the Frankenstein, and La Fashion Truck, all there last night. It's become a Highland Park local event. It's great. We have about four to 500 people come every single week. I've got live music inside the store, and people just come. That's the one night of the week they do not cook. Uh, they come, they eat, they, they picnic around the store, they picnic in the back of their cars, they come in, they listen to some music. Inside the store, I have local vendors that sample their locally produced microfoods. So you can come in, say hello to me. I'm at the register on Tuesday nights. I like to meet everybody. Uh, you can sample some locally produced foods. And then go outside and have a wonderful dinner. They really have some interesting foods. Uh, I can't tell you what I had last night. I had a, I had a Yogasaki sushi burrito. I had lobster tail uh, cut up on a baguette with some butter on it. 
I had uh, Frankie from the Indian truck as well as some chicken curry. Uh, they just have some wonderful foods out there on Tuesday nights. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm totally into the food truck scene, and I, I love that, that Highland Park has. I mean, that seems pretty big uh, scene because um, that's all. Oh, it's, it's huge. We've got momentum. It's been going for about a year and a half, almost two years, and we've got a line of trucks wanting to get in uh, that stretches all the way through the, to July. But uh, we do a due diligence for that as well. When someone wants to be submitted as a truck, they are instructed to give us their a website, and we do our research on Yelp. We do our research on, on their website, and we see if they meet the standards that our food truck event has come. And once they do meet the standards, we ask for a sample, and then we ask them to come in. Right. And do you also do you take requests from the customers as far as what food trucks they like to see there? Oh, we do. We do. But again, we, we do research them. You know, we don't want right. any truck that, um, that has bad reviews or that has bad service or that has some subpar uh, practices to be on our lot. So you can be rest assured that when you come to the lot, every one of those trucks have been scrutinized and it's going to be quality food. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And I mean, that's, you know, another good thing. It's good for a neighborhood. So this, I mean, this sounds in comparison to um, like to Venice on Saturdays when they have the food trucks. Highland Park on Tuesdays has, right. so it's called Eat at Figueroa is the name of it? Yes, E-A-T at Figueroa Produce. You can see that on Twitter. And also, if you go to Figueroa Produce's page um, on Facebook, I post uh, which trucks are going to be there every Monday morning. I post the Tuesday night trucks. That's Figueroa Produce on Facebook. Nice. So that's that's great. So that's the thing to look for. So, um, yeah. So anyway, looks like... Um, Got to go to uh, to our final segment, but um, before we go, um, just tell people where they can find Figueroa Produce on the internet and on Twitter. Sure, sure. We've got a FigueroaProduce.com on the internet. That's our website. You can see our mission and our products there. We've got Figueroa Produce on Twitter and Figueroa Produce on Facebook. Uh, Organics is up on online, I believe. Um, we're still working on that, and we've also got the Flower Man. That's the flowerman.net, the flowerman.net, and the Flower Man on Facebook. So uh, those are our social media contacts. Please feel free to please like us and, and uh, come see what we're all about. Absolutely, and certainly uh, throughout the uh, the show, we'll be promoting some uh, events that you have at the Figaro Produce, and certainly we'll also be promoting the. You know, the openings of these new places that you have. So you can find out a lot of information about what's going on at Figaro Produce on this radio show and on my blog. Well, Lewis, it's been great to have you here. Certainly a great way to kick off Meat Lovers May, share a lot of the same visions that I have over at the Appropriate Omnivore. So, so I'll great, sure, my we'll pleasure. see you soon in the, in the Highland Park neighborhood. Again, some of my great, thank you meats. very much. And once again, I just want to reiterate, anybody listening, you know, you get a 10% discount at the Fireman and at Figaro Produce. Come see what we're all about. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to have you on. Thank you. Take care. All right. And now we're going to go to our desserts, where I tell you how to live appropriately for the upcoming week. So first, there's a Third Street restaurant that just opened called Gusto, which bills itself as free-range Italian the restaurant uses local produce in many of its dishes and offers such foods as baby octopus, duck liver, duck skin, and pork shoulder. Also, this past week, Chef Chris Cosentino's new book, Beginnings, My Way to Start a Meal, was released. 
The book provides over 60 Italian-style first-course recipes arranged by season. For Chris Cosentino's whole pig approach of cooking at his Encanto restaurant in San Francisco, Cosentino is one of my favorite chefs. And lastly, my recommendation for foie gras, which I'll be doing every week until the ban in July. This week, I've got actually multiple picks. Four restaurants in Los Angeles are holding foie gras feasts on Monday, May 14th. The restaurants are Animal, Melis, The Royce, and Lemon Moon. And also, let me reiterate again, that if you go into the Flower Man or into Figaro Produce Market, you can get 10% all off all grass-fed beef. That's all for this week of The Appropriate Omnivore. To find out more about the news stories, my guest, and the events happening this week, visit my blog at appropriateomnivore.blogspot.com. Meat Lovers May will continue. In two weeks, I'll be speaking to Chris Masterjohn about the myth of cholesterol and health. But first, next week, I'm going to be interviewing Stanley Fishman about cooking grass-fed meat. That's all for this show. Be sure to have a great week. Of course, this is Meat Lovers May, so be sure you know to try out different grass-fed meats and you know and other pastured poultry, eggs. Try all that. Be sure to live organic. I will see you again next week on the appropriate omnivore. <laughs>